0: Welcome to the NACA American Dream program. Each week, we'll talk about how NACA is revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best mortgage in America. It's no down payment, no closing cost or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score. And guess what? It's at a below market fixed rate. NACA is just relentless. This is the NACA way.
1: Hey, welcome back. Welcome back for another episode of NACA's American Dream Program, where we are telling you how in this crazy market to still be able to get a house, what? Through NACA. NACA is an awesome program, and as you heard, it is relentless, where even people like myself with a 480 credit score can get a 2.23 30-year fixed interest rate. We have an awesome, awesome, awesome show for you, backed by popular demand, we have our Mortgage Counselors back to answer questions that you have been asking and want to know. So shortly we'll get with them. And Jeanette, I just always want to acknowledge, how are you doing? How was your weekend? What's going on over there in Texas?
0: I am doing great, Damian. Hello to all the Nickelodeon that's out there. It is a beautiful blessed day to be out driving around in the neighborhood looking for that dream home that you've always wanted to own. And you can do that by naca through naca powered by naca for you through and made possible by naca and today with a 4.375 interest rate on a 30-year fixed and a 3.5 percent interest rate on a 15-year fixed rate fully amortized you still can't beat that nowhere around town because we're doing it here making it all happen live and in full of effect We love it, Damien. Today is the day that we're going to be making sure that everyone gets all the information they need, how to get qualified, how to get over those hurdles. You know, I think I'm ready. I don't think I'm ready. Am I ready? Do I need to proceed if I don't think I'm ready? And all of those questions and more are going to be answered on this show today. So we got an amazing show lined up uh, to kind of get people over that hurdle and over the woes and fears of going through the NACA program. Some people feel like I've been declined so, so many times. I don't want to get declined again. And NACA is not the place to come if you're afraid of being declined because we don't decline. We don't tell you no. We tell you how to get to yes. So even if you think the answer is going to be no, it's not, we're going to tell you how to make that no a yes. So NACA is the way that we open doors. And I always look at it as giving you more of what you need to succeed in life. So you know, check us out. We're going to be answering your questions all day today uh, during this during this power hour, I like to call it at 833 771 That's 833 771 And we are streaming live now on Facebook, all the Facebook people out there. I'm throwing up my hands and hearts for you. So we are welcoming all your comments and, and, and questions that you have out there on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But again, you can always find out more information at www.naca.com. Damien, we got the ladies on the show today. Do the ladies run this house? (laughs) So we got the ladies running the house. They're running
1: it. Wow. Thank you, ladies.
0: Katia Walker, who is back. We've asked for them to come back because they did such an amazing job on the last show that they were on and answered all the questions. And we have Lourdes Woods over there. Lourdes decided, you know what? I enjoyed it. People gravitated to Lord as they gave. She was given the answers that they needed to succeed. And we thank you, ladies, for coming back again. We know you're busy, but we certainly appreciate you. So welcome. They are
1: awesome. Thank you. Thank <laughs>
0: you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Damien, I know we have questions already. Just so you know, to get you geared up for any questions that you'd like to ask, Today's topic is how to get through the qualification process. How do I get qualified so that I can get that per- that letter that sends me out house shopping? I want that qualification letter. I want to get through this process so that I can get that qualification letter and get out there and go house shopping. So how do I get to that point? So Katia, after the workshop, what is the first thing I need to do after I go to the workshop? I'm given a code, I use that code to set up my web file and secure my NACA ID. Once I have my NACA ID, what do I do then?
2: Awesome, Um, so as soon as you have your NACA ID, that means that you're ready to to, um, enter your web portal and you're gonna go in there and you're gonna set up all the information. Data first, then documents. So all the data needs to be listed, two years of jobs, two years of residences, all of your uh, demographic information. The more complete and accurate you are with your data and information, the more the more accurate we're going to be in our ability to um, underwrite your file and move you forward quickly. I like to call it the one and done, just like our Achieve the Dream events, or we're calling them something new now, but On those events, like basically, you know, when we get a member in for their intake session, it can be very similar to a one and done. We can do one and done if everything is there and the workbook helps you set that up. How do you prep for your intake session? Go to the workbook, read the workbook and then you follow the directions, follow the cues to set up the file completely with data and documents and keep those documents updated. So, for example, when you first get in there and you need to set up the documents before you can even schedule your appointment, the appointment might be, you know, a little ways out because, you know, we're busy. So if you have to wait for a little while, make sure your, your, your most recent documents are in the file before your intake session so that we're not having to go on what I call the hamster wheel. More documents, more documents, more documents. If you're always the most recent, then we're gonna be ready to go and be able to uh, underwrite your file, look at your spread your income, see all your, your bank statements. We need to see all this information t- to make sure that we know that you're ready to move forward.
1: So you let me ask you a question oh, ahead, with, yeah. with, with that. Say for instance, there's 10 pieces of documentation you have to have, just for instance, and say I'm missing two because it's gonna take some time. Should I wait until I got those two to set up an appointment or should I, or or can I go ahead and set up an appointment with eight say of the 10 items that you need?
2: Well, there's a certain minimum items that you need in order to set it in in order to schedule the appointment. Like the system won't allow you to schedule the appointment without, I believe it's bank statements, um, two years tax returns, your pay stubs, right? Some basic stuff. And then once you set up the appointment at your intake session, you definitely wanna have all the most recent stuff there, but if you think you might be missing one or two things, that's not usually what people hold up. They'll be waiting for maybe stuff that they're pre-underwriting themselves. Like maybe they, oh, they think they have to pay off a bunch of collection counts or they think this or that. I would say, do not wait for those because one, you may not have to pay off all that stuff. We could let you know once we do the analysis of your, te- of your credit report. But the other reason is you might need to be working on something that you don't know you need to be working on, like payment shock when you're living with family or something else that you could be working on at the same time.
1: Now, also, within that same vein, Katia, I I know you're going to get me for this, but is somebody going to call them to now set up an appointment if they're sitting at home waiting and they're waiting on you guys to call them? Are you guys going to call them or they just need to? Do it, you know, because I'm I, one of the biggest questions we have <laughs> after these workshops is yeah. what do I do next? And then I've heard people say, well, I was waiting on somebody to call me oh. and nobody called me. Do you guys call them? to set up
2: an appointment. No, we don't. And when I'm doing my home by workshop, I let everybody know what their next steps are. So as soon as they set up their, right, we, as soon as you get your NACA ID number, you're gonna uh-huh. do all the work to set up your file and get it scheduled. And you can schedule your own appointment. You should not be wait, uh, NACA, you, yours, it is self-driven. You are you are the master of your destiny at NACA and you, you need to be proactive. So you're gonna be setting up your appointment, you're going to be following up you're going to be making sure that that things are moving forward for you at all times so yeah i would not be sitting around nobody's going to be wait nobody's going to be calling we got a lot a lot of members and some people are, are just licky lose right they're just trying to figure out what the program is so we got you know people who are serious they're going to be getting their file ready and they're going to be setting up their appointment and they're going to be moving forward
0: and i'm glad you Thank asked you. that question damien because so often we we get kind of some of the after the aftermath calls saying, Hey, I went to the workshop. You was telling me about NACA and we went to check it out. And we've been, we, we, we love it. It sounds like a great program, but I've been waiting for someone to call me. I, I got my NACA ID and I set everything up. And so they're sitting there idle, waiting. Well, let me tell you something about Angie Annette over here. I don't like <laughs> somebody to tell me nothing. You better go. If it's something you want, like your home get up and get out there and you go get it. If you got, you set up yourself, you got the code, you set up your web portal, you got your NAC ID, get on the phone, 425-602-6222 and call somebody and say, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's almost, you got the clothes on, you ready to go. You showroom new, you ready to get in the car and go. So go, get <laughs> somewhere. Don't wait for somebody to call you because it'll never happen. You pick up the phone and call them. Another thing, Katya, that you said, And I want to make sure that our listeners out there and our members hear hear this. Do not wait for something to clear up on your credit. Do not wait uh, to get things paid off because you may not even have to do that. Go. The best thing you can do, not wait till things get better or not change. Uh, Literally, go ahead on and get yourself set up get yourself scheduled for your counseling session because you're not the counselor. Let the counselor be the counselor you know let the counselor assess your your budget look at your credit report look at everything your income your debt and let them look at your financial picture so that they can tell you what all you have to work on because guess what you may be spending energy working on something that you don't need to and the energy you should be working on you doing something you have you've neglected didn't think it was a big issue at all so let the counselor do their job and be your counselor to look at your financial picture and tell you how to get through the process. So don't wait for it; get it going now. So thank you, Jamie and Katya. That was perfect. And they
2: and I do believe they can still it, it. They can still schedule in their web file themselves. They can schedule their own appointments.
0: Yes, that is true. They can see you said that absolutely right. They can schedule their own appointments or if you are you think you did something wrong and not sure whether I'm making the right appointment, again, always call to that number 425-602-6222 or you can look up any NACA office in, in local, uh, local office in your area and it's going to always reach you to our national line that can schedule an appointment for you. So awesome. we, we try to make it user-friendly and readily available for you. So take advantage of the tools you have right there before you. We're giving you the access. So open the door and use it, right? So we do have a question coming in, Damian. And this is this is one that um, we get this question every time. And so I think it's just going to be a staple that we we have to answer this. Lordis, do you have to live six months in the place that you want to purchase?
3: Yeah, so um, when you purchase, we want to make sure that you know the area. So uh, usually you will need to leave six months on the area. Now in some states like New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Connecticut, because they are kind of closed. So if you, uh, if you can be 60 miles or less for the job, You don't need to have the six months because usually people on that stage they leave either or. But for make sure that you have the right info because each case is different and now with all the remote and all the different situations, it's better that you uh, check with your counselor when you have your appointment. So this is my situation. I want to live in a different place. So then uh, they will ask all the questions and then we will know what we need to do because in some cases you're going to need most of the cases you're going to need the six months in a few cases you might don't So uh, for by the rule, yes we need to make sure that you live there on six months to make sure that you like the place that you that you're going to love to live there for the next 30 years and we don't have any issue that's what we're looking for
0: Right. And I and I love that answer because what Lourdes is saying is she's going to give you the overall standard is yes, you do have to live there because we want you to know what you're getting into. I can't tell you how many times I've visited a place and thought, hey, it would be kind of cool to live here. And then I go back and be like, oh, I didn't see those parts. Oh my God, is this how it is at night? Oh, you know. So you 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 need to kind of shop it and and live it and be there to kind of get the full flavor. You know, it's kind of like dating. You you get the authorized representative the first couple of months, and then after that, he show you who he really is. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But it is kind of like that, though.
1: (laughs) Help us. Help us. (laughs) But
0: she also said, you know I had to throw that out there, Debbie. But it is just like has said, in certain states, in certain areas, you don't have to do that. Uh, You got tri-state areas that are so intertwined that you can live in one area and work in another state. And the train by way of train makes it possible. So the best thing you can do is exactly what has said. Give your situation to your counselor and let your counselor give you the lay of the land for your personal situation. So thank you, Lourdes. Damien, the right. next What's one is going? gonna hit us. I, this, one could, this question couldn't come at a better time. Gregory Reeves, thank you for this question out there in Facebook land. I appreciate you. Gregory is asking about all these taxes because today is tax day. He is saying for those who are paying taxes this month, sounds like he Oh, I'm sorry, Greg, I understand. But for, because he's about to write this big checkout and pay his taxes for this month, um, are we allowed to write a LOE, which is a letter of explanation for that payment and the payment shock, because the payment shock won't be met this month, Will I be, and he's trying to figure out, is he going to have to do a letter of explanation why the payment shock isn't met this month? Because obviously this is the one month he had to pay taxes. Now he's not going to have to pay it the next month or the next one or the next one. What's your answer on that, ladies?
3: All right, okay. so, oh, sorry. So it's, it's um, we had to pay taxes. Remember the taxes are due today. And um, in order to buy a home, you do have to have your taxes for 2021 payoff. Uh, so they do have to be paid. You do need to do a little explanation for any deposits and withdrawals are out of the ordinary. So this is a one-time thing. So you do need to have a of explanation about the payment chart. If you are self-employment and you usually have to pay taxes every year, you're going to need to pay your mortgage every month too. So you should be able to do your um, taxes payment and also your payment chart. Is as an issue, so you will need to check it with your counselor. But you should be able to do both you should be able to do your taxes payment and also your payment job because you should be able to pay your mortgage every month.
1: I'm not sure. Gotcha. Oh, you.
0: I'm sorry about that. That's exactly right. Thank you. Thank you, Lourdes. And Gregory, I hope that answered your question. Again, my condolences on the tax payment. But uh, I do hope that answers your question. Uh, and if it didn't, always reach back out. We're, we're uh, Facebook Live, everybody. And for those callers, 833-771-0500, keep them coming in. So next question, we have Renee. And Renee, I'm going to read your question as is. I, I'm a little confused on the details, so if, I, if we don't tap into your, uh, to give you the answer you need, please, please get back in there so that we can clar- get some clarification. But here's the question. Renee is asking, please clarify the resident requirements. My plan mentioned I could use mail and bills for my new address. Please advise as I want to vote in the governor's the, the Georgia governor uh, gubernatorial election. And I get that. You want, you definitely want to be able to vote. We encourage you to vote. We want you to vote. That's that's a NACA staple right there. But she's saying, please mention that I could use my plan mentioned that I could use my mail and bills for my new address. Um counselors, is there anything that you can take a stab at that? I'm just I
2: mean, I guess my, my, uh, I'm from what I'm hearing, it means, it sounds like they, guess they do have to be uh, owner occupied, obviously. Right. So when you purchase with NACA, you do need to be living in the property. If they're asking, um, even though I'm living in this property, can I have a different mailing address? I mean, that's your own business, right? So as long as you're living in the property, that's our requirement. Um, you do have to have, um, obviously proof of residence where you're currently living, as part of
3: the process,
0: um, so I, I think that's what they're asking.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm a little. Uh, I'm uh, so uh, going I'm going to ask to that also. Is they living in Georgia? So Georgia had a requirement that they do have to have a driver license with a Georgia address for at least six months. So that's a Georgia requirement. Mm. They do have to have driver license with the right address. Also, by the Patriotic Act, we do need to have uh, our license or a pay stop or a W-2. We do need to have a document with the address. It's only a few documents on it. But Georgia do require that you have a driver license for Georgia and you have to live in Georgia at least six months. That's a a Georgia requirement. For
2: voting, but one of the voter restriction laws?
0: Yeah, that's that's to vote, but it sounds like she was trying to and, and maybe that's it. I bet you that's it. She's trying to she's trying not to change her address until she's able to vote. Hey, I get it. Okay.
1: Wow. That could be another thing though, because see, no matter where you change your address, you still can vote as long as you're in the state for the governor. So yeah, unless she's looking, looking at possibly moving man. out of the state. That might be a possibility too, but she just needs to call back and clarify what she's doing.
0: Yeah, Renee, can you call us? Can you you know, tap back in and, and give us clarity? We want to be able to, to uh, successfully answer and address your question, but we're making some assumptions here. And, and I just want to make sure because the governor's race is a statewide race. So anywhere in the state of Georgia, you'll be fine to vote for in the gubernatorial election, but unless you're moving out of the state. So we're just trying to make sure we understand. Also... Katia, Greg's question. uh, He did come back. Gregory, thank you. I'm loving you because you came back and gave us clarity. He's a W-2 employee and not self-employed. And I will tell you this, sometimes it does happen like that. When you're a W-2 employee, you do have to pay taxes because you didn't take out enough along the way. Uh, And we're not tax preparers. We can't tell you what you should do and what you need to do at this point. But most of the time when you're a W-2 and you have to pay taxes into the government or into the IRS is because you weren't you know withholding enough during the during the work year. Um, but again, uh, she did answer your question on the letter of explanation. And so, Katya, regardless of whether he's self employed or W two, will that that won't change the process, right?
2: So, I mean, I think what Lordis's point was accurate that you know oh, at goodness. any right. Right. At any time that the member, you know, you're going to have to keep making this mortgage payment. Right. So I assume. Right. If you know that you're going to end up with a tax bill and you have it as a one time expense, which she mentioned. Right. So it is a one time thing. So theoretically, you can say, hey, you know, I'm going to do a letter of explanation and say this was a one time expense for this month. And maybe I might be a little bit short on my on my payment shock. But her point is valid as well. You want to make sure that you know you're always prepared to make your mortgage payment. Any any month that your payment shock isn't there because could, could theoretically be a month that you couldn't have made your mortgage payment. But if you've got reserves and you've got assets accumulating, then that would be a, a you know a compensating factor for that.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Whew. That's a lot to consider. So, Gregory, let us know if if that helped you at all or if we need to dig deeper and thank you for participating we appreciate that we have tacola out there tacola is saying my co-buyer has only had has only had a job for 6 months she is in the dc fire academy will this be a problem so the co-buyer has only been employed for 6 months they're trying to get a house is that going to be an issue
2: what they do before
0: that's a good question so based on what they did before, you're trying to, and the reason why you're asking that question, uh, Katya, is to see if there's any gaps in employment. Because if the if the the work is is pretty much the same, and they just transferred to a new a new career or a new company, that's different. But if they did a career change or something, you need to talk about that with your counselor.
2: Right. It's going to be very case by case because what if they were in school? That counts. What if they were at home, you know, being being a mom? That counts. Um, but it, and if they had a different job, we're looking at twenty-four month history of, of employment. So what have what have you been doing for the last two years? And if this job is six months, what was the previous year and a half? What what was going on during that time? So let me just That's clarify important. with
1: that caveat. Um, so the six months they were working. But does it matter if they were a school teacher or a janitor but say didn't have but 30 days or does it matter um, if they were a school teacher or a janitor and still had only the 30 days gap? Does that matter what they did
2: it, it, no? it, it, it can have a, it can have an impact on it because you're going to look at whether or not there's variable income or not, but if we're gonna talk about base pay only and there's full employment for the last two years, and then the last job just was started six months ago, but there is a fewer than 30 day gap of employment between that job before that and this one, which we will verify, and we're using base only for the new job, it may not hold them up.
1: Okay, thank you, I appreciate
0: that. All right, thank you. Tacola, hopefully that, that answered your question. We have Mercedes out there. Mercedes, thank you for your question. And I like this one. This is going to answer a few for a couple of people, I'm sure, uh, or for several people. Mercedes is saying, so I lived with a friend, but I had no lease. I still paid the rent through Venmo, but paid half of the rent. And each time I paid, she paid bi-weekly, uh, bi-weekly paycheck. I keep getting mixed answers. Saying that I should pay the full amount. Now I will never accept that answer because nobody's gonna tell me to pay a full amount when I'm only supposed to pay half. That's just the engineer. Uh so and Damien. Um, so Mercedes is saying Katia Lourdes, she's and I get what she's saying. She she her and a friend they share rent, she pays half of the rent. They're friends, they don't have a lease, but she does have tracking of her payments through Venmo and she's paying half of it biweekly. She's getting mixed answers. What's the right thing for her to do? Is she paying the landlord or is she paying the friend? That's a question Mercedes will have to ask. And why do you ask? Does that matter, Katia?
2: It does, because then it's a matter of, you know, we, we can package, right, as loan officers, as mortgage counselors, we can package, right, whatever your circumstance is. But, you know, it really does depend on what that circumstance is. So if what we're, what we're, our goal is to verify uh, rental payments for the last 12 months so that you can get credit for that base rent as part of what you've been paying for rent. Right. And some people are paying it. Like, so she's paying it to her, her, her friend and the friend is the one who has the agreement with the landlord. Then that's like a living with family situation where you're living in, in almost like a sublease or whatever. Right. So that would be a different circumstance, and if you're both paying half the rent to the
0: landlord, makes sense. I got you. So if she's paying the friend, uh, if the friend is the only one on the lease, and she's paying the friend half the rent, she's subleasing,
2: right? So it would be like oh a living God. with friend family situation, which is a six month, pay, you know, payment. Um, you've got to validate your six months of payments and get six months bank statements as opposed to three.
0: Okay. Now, what, what about her, her comment about she has the Venmo payments to, to prove it?
2: Right. And that's good. That would be a requirement in order to show that base of rent. You, when you're living with friends, family, you're going to get a letter from them instead of a, a rental verification from the landlord. Gotcha. You're going to get the friend of family letter. This person's been living with me since this date to present, and this is my relationship, and this is how much they pay, and then they have to prove that they've been making that payment. That's where the Venmo comes in. Gotcha. You're going to get that 12-month history of the Venmo payment. Now you're going to put that with it, and you're going to have the six-month um, you know, the verification.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you, Mercedes. I hope that helped you. And you got one answer from a source of truth right here on NACA's American Dream program. So that's your source of truth. Let your counselor know you heard it here first.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> so Darnisha is asking a question. And um, this is an interesting one. What is our target DTI? and does the in- And does the increased interest rate affect how much loan we can qualify for? And I am so sorry about the increased interest rate. It is not a NACA increased interest rate. This is a federal government regulated interest rate. This, this rate is, is regulated by the feds, always has been. And so they're, they're trying to see if the DTI and the increased rate will affect it, what they qualify for. Ladies, take it away.
3: Yes, it do affect it as a factor. So we use for the debt-to-ratio, we use uh, 40%. And then the score is the interest rate is higher. So the price is going to be lower because the payment is more. So yes, it do affect uh, your numbers. So it's, it's, that's what we always now give you the payment amount. And then we we'll ask you that you put that on the mortgage calculator. That way, when you put the numbers in there, we can make sure that you qualify for the home that you're looking for. It's to affect. Um, they are, um, we are making sure that you can make your payments, so this do affect your debt to ratio, your debt to income, and also your uh, interest rate higher so as you get lower home. Uh, it do affect us and we hope for the interest rate coming down, we just have to wait and see. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for a long time for
2: interest rates when I started back in 89, interest rates were 19 and a half so it's all relative, you know what I mean? So um, I, I think the one great thing that NACA did do was increase the housing expense ratio to 33% up from the thirty-one percent, so that was an uh, an answer to some of this increasing rate environment is is allowing that housing expense ratio to come up a little bit. So that's thirty-three percent for your housing expense, which is the PITI—the full mm-hmm. principal and interest, taxes, and insurance—and then the forty percent is the uh, you know once you include your monthly debt.
0: And that's the beauty of NACA. You try to get that balance, and NACA can customize it to to meet any anybody's need. I love that. I like the fact that they changed it.
1: Now, I'd like to also add, from a real estate perspective, that because the interest rates change every day, yeah, when you and, and one of the things that NAC has changed, as, as Ms. Lord has said, they don't give you an amount as far as the amount of house you can purchase, they give you a monthly payment. So with that monthly payment, you have to put it in the calculator, but not just put it in a NACA calculator. You have to do it every day because the interest rate changes every day. So today a house may be affordable, tomorrow it may be not. But also with that is you don't lock your interest rate in until after you're under contract. So you got to take all those things out of consideration. You, you sit in an offer today, they don't accept it for two days later and the interest rate jumped up that house may now be unaffordable. So you always want to keep that in mind that you're using the calculator every day until you're locked. Mm-hmm. Would, that, would that be a fair assessment, uh, Lourdes, absolutely. Katia? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All
0: right. And I want to make mention that a lot of what, what, what Lordis and Damien and Katia are talking about, uh, you can find all of this information on NACA's web, www.naca.com. You can find the qualification workbook those are so there are so many resources uh, that you can reach out and pull and, and look. You can, the NACA calculator is there. Uh, you can see everything right there. And soon our grants information is going to be there. So there will be no more guesswork on grants in your area. Grants will be uh, you'll be able to see what grants are available in your area on NACA's website. So continue to keep it locked in on www.naca.com on all the latest uh, but that, that resource tool is, is good to find out the information you need and dig deeper.
2: There's also a tutorial for the calculator at youtube.com, knock a realtor.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So you guys, there's, there's plenty of resources out there to check it out. So lock it in. Um, next question, I believe it was Natalie. And Natalie is asking this question. What's the max amount you can put to buy down? So mm. I'm thinking what she's trying to ask for is she's trying to buy down her interest rate. And what's, is there a max? How She's trying to get it to 0%. And Natalie, I commend you because anybody that can get it down to 0%, if you're able to take it, take full advantage of it. But what's the max, ladies?
3: I'm high cost. So I'm gonna get Lourdes to go first on this one. <laughs>
0: you're at a high cost
3: Yeah, so usually um, we can do uh, 5.25 points and usually one point is um, 1% of the loan. In some cases we can go higher to 6%, but usually uh, the regular number is 5.25. In order to go to six, so we have to uh, check a few more things on 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 the file. But right. 5 25 and one point is 1% of the
0: loan. 1.1% of the loan amount. So pay, make sure you're paying attention to your house shopping and what you're out there going to look for. Because if you want to buy that rate down, there's a lot of things to factor. It can be done and it's often done. So, mm-hmm. you know, Natalie, it's a good thing to do if you're able to do it for by all means.
2: I, 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 what I tell my members is um, there is a limit. It's called, it's called the HOPA limit, H-O-P-A. So you can look that up. And that's the reason that there is a limit. It's not an arbitrary. It's, a, state, it's a, a national law. And so we go as high as we can for, for you know to buy down the rate because that really does have a huge impact on your purchase power. And um, what we use is 1.5% or 1.5 points is one quarter off your rate. And the the important thing to realize about the calculator, because you can do that calculation on the calculator, just remember the calculator will let you put in a larger buy down than is permitted. So if you stick with what Laura said, which is the five and a quarter, 5.25%, then that will bring it down. I believe it's what, 0.75. So if you just take your, whatever the rate is currently and go to that section on the calculator that says interest rate with buy down instead of trying to put in a dollar amount, then
1: you're going to have a more accurate figure. Um, two things I'd like to add, a couple of things, and Louis and and Kathy, you can correct me because, but because I'm not sure, but I think this is still correct. So when we do the purchase workshop um, every Thursday for the new people who've been qualified, we usually tell them it vacillates between four and six percent, but that, like you say, is usually going to end up being in the middle. And those are varying cases as to why it would go up to six. But the other thing I would like to add is this is a seller's market. However, you may have sellers that may, depending on where you're located, contribute, and that helps get your interest rate down as well. And they can contribute up to 10% outside of what you can contribute to further bring it down. The other thing I probably would add is you can, even though you have a lock on how much you can, the cap that you can buy for interest rate buy down, you can also do, do principal, principal reduction which has no effect on the interest rate, but it does give you a little bit more sometimes when the house is a little bit more, but you guys can correct me if I'm incorrect on that and how that That works.
2: That is absolutely correct. And and also, remember, the reason that a seller might want to give a contribution would be because NACA's amazing program lets you do repairs after close. And a lot of sellers are like, they haven't had the money, particularly for in my market with multifamily, they don't have the money necessarily do the fixers. They don't want to, you know, a lot of the lenders will not do the, the fixer, the rehab after close. So if the seller be happy to give you some credit for you to take care of that later and then get their clothes on time and get their money.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. I love that. I love it when we're gelling and jiving like this, guys. I got to take us back for a minute because uh, Mercedes question prompted another caller to uh, to call in and get a little bit of clarity. So before we get too far away from Mercedes's question, I want to make sure we clarify. Now, remember, Mercedes was the one that had the roommate and they were paying so we talked about the letter of explanation and we talked about getting you know living with a family member a friend versus paying the landlord now we have a caller that say i had a question about that and i'm in a similar situation now here's the unique part and i can't believe i actually follow this uh but i but I, I really do she say i'm in a similar situation i'm listed as i'm listed and on, wait, I'm listed as, and it is on our previous lease. So she's this, she wants to go through NACA. She's on the previous lease, but they did, a, they did a new lease. And on the current lease, she's not listed. However, she's still paying the rent out of her account and she's paying the whole amount, but she's really only responsible for half. So she's paying half and the roommate is paying half. Now she saying, now I pay solely myself out of my account and have been doing so uh, from the start. I'm just not listed as the primary. So would that consider me living with a friend or family member and get a letter from them that would state all of this? Or do we have to go through the landlord process? Because on the current lease, she's not on the current lease.
2: I, I mean, I'm going to say that there, somebody's going to have to look at all this stuff. To to really answer that question. Yeah. That's where I'm going to go with it.
0: So what, what you would have to do, call a 404. You what you're going to have to do, get with your counselor, bring all of your documentation in. Cause sounds like it sounds to me like they were on a lease together at first. And then they when they renewed, they renewed a different way where she's not on the lease anymore, but she's still paying the rent. So I guess at the end of the day, proof of rent is proof of rent. Bring in all of your deductions of showing every month where you've been paying that rent take it to your counselor let your counselor make the assessment based on the current lease because you can't go by a past lease anyway you got to go by your current lease but I would take that past lease just to see what what happens or what if there's some history and how that history transition
2: and is the uh, is the roommate not paying at all or is the roommate paying her what's what's going on with the roommate
0: and that's a good question. Um, how it's all coming out of one account, but are you still responsible for one half of the rent? Or is the roommate paying you and you're just making it whole out of and paying it out of your account because you're the one with an account? And sometimes we get roommates like that. One has a good checking account and the other one has something different or a different type of financial uh, uh depository or where they store their money and things like that. So However that is, get with your counselor and the, the gist of what we're saying, every time you notice there's a pattern, speak to your counselor about your individual need. Your counselor has got to be your friend and you it's got to be a friend you can trust. Not that we're going to run to the bank and tell them, hey, check this out. Look at this. No, we want to present the best financial picture of you to the bank. But you got to trust your counselor and lay it all out there on the land, you know, lay it out there on the table, put it out there and say, hey, you know what, this is how I look without makeup. It ain't pretty, but this is me and all my splendor and glory. That's okay. You know, they'll pretty it up and get it nice and packaged up with a pretty bow on it and ready for the bank. But then you got to let them know what they're in for because they can fight, fight the battles for you later. So- your counselors you much,
2: Always always provide whatever, your, whatever the crazy story is. I always say prove it. Just provide as much documentation as you can to help us advocate for you.
1: Gotcha. And they may have gotten off the lease because they know they wanted to buy a house so that they wouldn't have to worry about trying to get off of it later because mm-hmm. it may be some stipulation so they could have switched up like that. But I thought I heard you say that she pays the full rent, I mean rent, and the other person, they still pay half. So it's they, like she's she paying... But yeah. how
0: she half but she pays the whole amount out of her account her account so
1: other... explaining
0: to her counselor why this whole amount is coming out as right. opposed to she's only
1: responsible for half
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay gotcha you gotta call us back or yeah counselor. Counselor. I, I, can tell counselor.
0: You, I can tell you right now if kati is your counselor she gonna say okay you paid the full amount but can you show me where the other half has been deposited into your account but hey <laughs> <when> <laughs> I, I, yeah. mm.
3: What? Yep. <laughs> and yep. you're going to. You, you got
1: it. <laughs> so, so, hopefully, she's not giving you cash. But now, let me ask you this, katia Could they be doing a trade off where she's saying, I'll pay these other bills to now make up for what, what I'm supposed to be giving you? I hope How not. Because you- now you yeah, just- we, it's just
2: going to get. It. Yeah, the messier it gets, the messier it gets, right? So. Okay it's it's impossible to speculate with that many variables. We, we have to take a look at the whole picture. And then I like even, those
0: variables because that's real talk and sometimes how it goes, you know, I'll go ahead and pay all the rent, you take care of all the bills, you know, that that just stinks up. It stinks up the whole house. So, you know, I hope that's yes, not- Yes, the
2: case. yes, Keep it clean, keep it clean, keep it clean. That's what we-
0: <laughs> But the good thing about it is there is no situation you can't give NACA that will give you a workaround for. So if you, that is your case, will tell you how to get it clean going forward to get you qualified so there you
2: go okay. that's exactly
0: right
1: full disclosure with your counselor everything they need to do everything so they can get yep. you together let's see
0: yep. if they're good the end. exactly okay damien ladies Woo. sit back because this one is all damien uh- Alice out there has is, is got a concern, and it's a, good, it's, it's a growing concern, especially in the times that we're living in now with the market being the way it is. Alice is saying, I can't find a house for my affordability. I've been qualified several times. Any advice you can give uh, on, on this housing market?
1: One of the things I would say, depends, well, first of all, what I would always say, and your counselors would say that too, keep saving. You have to save to have enough money to be able to compete and be competitive in this market. Now, I don't know if you counselors are changing your ideas on it. I know when I went through the program back in 2004, I took $8,000 from my 401k plan. Now, the counselor said, no, I shouldn't. But my thought process was, do I need to live now or do I need a house later? And that was what I needed to help buy my interest rate down. So having access to more money, whether it be 401k, whether you have family that can donate money and, and give it to you and say that they're not, you know, going to request it back or that it's a loan. um Sometimes also coming out of your comfort zone where I only want to live right here next to the school. Well, if you want to buy a home, moving a little bit outside, even up to the point that you said you want a yard, but you may not be able to get. Necessarily a yard, you may need to consider living in a townhouse. Just be careful about those HOAs because they can drastically reduce your affordability. So there's a lot of things that you can do. Look at moving out, you know, looking at buying something that may be a lot less than your affordability, but seeing the potential of what you can get done based on having contractors to come and look at those places to see how much would it cost and if that falls in your affordability. There's a whole lot of other things you can do. And even like here in Atlanta, maybe looking in the city of Atlanta to now qualify for the $20,000 grant that the city of Atlanta. You also have to check with your areas to make sure that there's a grant available. And also, there may be grants available that NACA may not know about. So you simply have to find out about them, get that information, get it to your counselor, so that they can get it vetted with NACA to see if those programs will work in concert and tandem all together to now get you where you need to be. But there are many situations and many ways that they can get you around, but sometimes moving out of your comfort zone. You may want to live in Snailville, but you may need to go to Douglasville or to Rex or the close to Macon, you know, without being within that 60 miles that they talked about to now get what you want. And then again, as long as you look at, hey, this may not be the forever home in four or five years if the market is now going up like it is, you can now sell, come back through NACA after it's been a certain amount of time. I forgot that time. And now use that money to come back through the program and get what you really wanted in the first time. You know, it's a step. Sometimes you can't jump from one to 10, but you can jump one to to four, one to four to six and six to eight and all of that. So Look at it like that and just be open. Be open and tell your, your agent.
0: I like that. That was very good, Damian. Only you could have said it so eloquently. We appreciate that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to woo him today. He looks like he had a rough weekend. So,
1: <laughs> Ooh, no, I didn't. I had you did? Great- no, awesome. I ate my way through everywhere I could eat through. And there it is.
0: Okay. <laughs> Tanya out there, Tanya has a question here. It's an interesting one. Tanya is saying, question, should I be providing a full employment verification, which includes all of my past employment? I pulled it and it's stating and it's, stating, uh, it's con- constituting a violation. So just wanted to be sure. So I, I, I'm, I'm guessing, Tanya, you, you're you thinking that we're asking you to do something and disclose some information and it's violating your constitutional rights or something. I don't want to assume here, but when we're asking for, and I don't want to speak for the ladies, but when we're asking for employment, we're asking for proof of employment to show that you can afford to pay for your home that you're getting. Uh, it's just like if somebody is borrowing money from you, you, before you give them the money, you want to make sure they have the ability to pay. So if- earlier... Katia made a comment about someone who has been employed for six months. And with that, we wanted to find out what they were doing before then, because guess what? If they just made made a shift in changing employers, but in the same career, they had no gap in employment. So don't cut yourself short by saying six months of employment when you really probably had two or three years of employment. You just change companies. So, yeah, we're going to dig a little bit and ask for that, but I, you know what? Don't let me speak for the counselors. I, I'm i gonna let the counselors be the subject matter experts. Ladies, take it away. Uh, are you digging in my employment history? Well, do I have to give you, a. Her, her main question is, should I be providing a full employment verification?
2: Well, she's not gonna be providing anything. We're gonna be getting the ver- employment ver- verification directly from the employer. So all she's going to do is sign off an authorization for us to get the information, and then we're going to be sending it directly to the employer you know, email address for HR payroll or the third party, depending on who it is who does the written verification of employment, which is standard in the industry across the board, 100% written verification of employment. That's what everybody's doing now.
0: And Tanya may be under the impression you're going to do that for all her past employers.
2: Twelve
0: Last 12 months. Last 12 months, uh, Tanya. So if you've only had one employer in the last 12 months, we're only going to get that from one employer. If you've had 99 employers in the last 12 months, that actually raises an alarm for some other questions that we would probably have. But yes, we would still need proof and verification from your employer.
3: Am I right, ladies? Yeah, you're right. Yep.
0: Okay. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see. Gregory came back. Would it disqualify if the tax payments is pulled from the, oh, Greg, Greg, now you're trying to, okay, Greg, this Greg is our taxi. Greg don't want to pay these taxes, y'all. And I'm with them. I understand. Greg is saying, Wait a minute. He, he don't want to pay it, but he's trying to make a way. He's trying to satisfy two beasts here. He's trying to still go through the NACA program and still, uh, you know, fulfill his obligation to the IRS, and I commend him for that. So, Greg, you know, you're really trying, and I commend you for that. He's saying, would it disqualify me if, if the tax payments are pulled out of my minimum required funds?
3: Yes, we need to have a minimum required funds available for we can submit you for review. So if the funds are not there, we have to wait till they are there.
0: And again, we're not tax preparers, but I'm sure... You can talk to your tax preparer to see if there's other avenues that you can take and things like that. But again, seek your tax preparer for, for guidance on the best way to pay your taxes or if there's repayment plans or a plan that they can put you on and things like that. Well,
2: we, the, the payments have to be made in full. The last two years have to be made in full. So the there payment does have to be made. And if you have to dip into your minimum required funds to do it, then you will have to you know build your funds back up before before you're ready to move forward that's true and i'm
0: glad you corrected me on that so there it is greg you know katia said it best build your funds to uh to build your minimum required funds back up so he's really stressing about that and i can i can totally understand
2: I, I've got the, that. People
1: in, the, in that case it happens yeah yeah They're i different. hate that with that katia lordis what do you guys say or, excuse me, ladies say to members who may be in this situation but may say have access to, say, for instance, a 401k to now make up the difference? Do you advise on that? Do you disagree with that? What is y'all's take on that? If oh,
2: well, I, I never I'm give it. I never give advice about investments because I'm not a tax professional or an investment professional. Um, so all we can do is tell them, you know, this is the amount that you need. This is what needs to happen. So your taxes do need to be paid and your minimum required funds do need to be there. If you choose, so choose to use your 401k money in order to satisfy either one of those obligations, um, you know, that, that is your choice and, and you can, you know, get counsel from your, your professional. Um, and then what we need to know from our perspective is, are you going to just take a distribution or are you going to take a loan? So if you just take a distribution and take the hit on the distribution, um, because they are starting to hit for that again, early withdrawals, if you're under the age of uh, 55, then you know that might be part of it, your consideration that you have that conversation with your, your professional. Or if you're gonna do a loan, a 401k loan, so up to 50% of the amount that you have available, um, then that's gonna be hitting your debt ratio. That's gonna be one of the one of your monthly debt payments. So that's going to add to your debt ratio. So we need to know which one it's going to be so that we can help, you know, help you understand how it's going to impact your, your loan application. Thank
0: you. Makes sense. I love this dialogue. We Don't we just have some good kismic energy here? I just love it. But anyway, I, I, I want to go back to, I saw your face, Damien. I want to go back to Tocola's question. And Tacola, thank you. Thank you so much for calling in to clarify this because we were making a few speculations and this is why we tell you to call back. Remember, Tacola was the, the co-bar that had been working for six months at the fire academy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, okay, she just called in. Thank you, Tacola. See that number works, 833-771-0500. But Tocola said, I want to clarify something she moved to Oregon. She relocated to Oregon. She's been there for six months. She's made it past her probationary period and she's good to go. She moved in September. Now it's March. She say now in, in her, her plan is supposed to be that she's supposed to, her counselor is telling her that she needs to change her driver's license and her mail and things like that for proof of residency in Oregon. This is going back to the six month living where you are supposed to live and living where you wanna buy rule. However, she wants to vote in Georgia where she's been living all this time before and she don't want to yet get her driver's license changed so that she can vote. But her counselor is telling her that she needs to get her driver's license changed in the new resident, which is Oregon where she's planning to purchase what is Tacola to do? Tocola? I hope I did that. I hope I served you justice on that because I think I'm understanding what your dilemma is. And that is one because she needs, they're, they're, her counselor's telling her so for proof of residency, she needs to change her license and voter registration. But could she use a utility bill for proof of residency or no?
3: Yeah, we can, it's, it's seven documents that we can use for the Patriot Act. So we can use a utility bill that can be light or water. We can use a pay star uh, or a W-2 on uh, insurance. That's all the documents we can use. Thanks, and then thanks, us, thanks. of course, we had to have a little explanation state that she don't change her address yet for whatever reason, and her address is such and such. And my license say, we need a letter to let her stay what her address is, is now. So you can
0: accept all of those documents instead of just the driver's license. Is it any reason why they're focusing so the is focusing on the driver's license so heavily? Is there right because we
3: want to make sure that that's the state that you want to be. So me personally, I do have Oregon license also. So uh, yeah, you want um, it? Don't look good that you are buying a house in Oregon and your license in Georgia. Because you are, you are trying to say that you're going to be living there for the next 30 years. So it's just better to change your driver's license. It's easy to present your pocket with a driver license with your right address. That's the easy way to go.
0: Now, let me play devil's advocate. That's the easy way to go. But my goal is to vote in Georgia's election. So Correct. I don't have to do that right now. I can Correct. give you everything else. My bills, my utilities, my insurance, and all of that will be sufficient right now correct that's
2: as
1: long
0: correct. As it's not expired
2: yeah yeah as long as it's not
1: expired. awesome that's how problems. we solve
0: problems and we solved it with with only one and a half minute left and i cannot believe it we have so many questions left on the show i can't greg even came back greg i'm starting to just love you sheena came mercedes came back she said yes it was yes and yes friend pays half the friend pays half thank you mercedes yes you're in good shape so we have more questions and we're going to answer those questions for you but as of now the old clock on the wall says (laughs) david it's time for us to
1: go oh wow always always we'll never have enough time ladies hopefully you all you ladies will continue to come back because you guys really help them and being prepared to get qualified and that's usually the biggest hurdle Um, that people have, and we thank you ladies for being here to help answer questions. We thank you all for calling in. Go ahead, take it away, Miss Antoinette.
0: And guess what? You can always find helpful tidbits on our Facebook, uh, Facebook, all of our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. Like us, love us, do whatever you want to do with us, and www.naca.com. And always reach out on the line, 833-771-0500. But guess what? Next week, we got some more good stuff coming for you because we're going to continue this qualification segment with the regional directors of all the counselors on. So get ready, get your popcorn ready because it's going to be live and in full effect only here at NACA's American Dream Program. You guys stay safe. Make it a great day.
1: Mask up. Thank
0: you. Thanks for listening. NACA's American Dream Program is a production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, a national nonprofit organization fighting for economic justice through affordable homeownership and community advocacy. To learn more about NACA and our advocacy efforts, careers, NACA's Best in America Mortgage, or to join a NACA in your community, visit us at NACA.com.